Welcome to Thinking Deeply About Primary Education, the podcast that makes time and space to think about pedagogy, teaching and learning, professional development, anything of interest to time poor but enthusiasm rich primary teachers. This week, I'm joined by Neil Almond and Matt Sweeney. How are you guys? You all right? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I'm listening this morning. It's been good. I've just got back from a, a three day sort of jaunt to the Midlands, which involved a seven hour journey there and then breaking down yesterday and a 10 hour journey back thanks to the. Uh... <laughs> The wonders of the AA recovery service. So, yeah, I'm quite glad to be just sat here chatting to you, like, drink some water. And although my hoodie's quite tight today, I've had a very sort of like, uh, sort of Henry VIII Christmas, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten well. Uh, so, I've just, anyway, no more cheese. Yeah, this would be nice. I'll, I'll do my best today to sort of talk about what we've been up to uh, down here in East Sussex. Yeah, at some point, I'll, t- I'll sort of streamline this into an actual talk. Uh, but for now, I'll try and uh, ramble my way through it. And hopefully it'll be interesting because I think we've tried to do something quite unique down here. So, Excellent. For a bit of context, in case anyone isn't sure, you guys both work for the Step Academy Trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt, you are, is it fair to say, deputy head of the teaching and learning no, team? That, no, I'm head of teaching and learning. <laughs> that, that's, that, that changed over the summer, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I've, I'm, I'm like, I've changed job titles almost every year. So I was... Um, Deputy Director of the Hub, so that was a very different role. That was kind of outwards facing. Um, this is all of last year, you know, rolling out the ECF and the MPQs to East Sussex, Brian and Hove. That's a really different job, actually. And I learned loads from it, and I took a lot of, uh, into what I'm doing this year. But um, I started this year, I, you know, I kind of missed the classroom. I kind of felt the talk, I started to have a conversation about what we're doing now, uh, whether we could do something smart. And so um, I sort of rejoined uh, the inwards facing part of STEP as head of teaching and learning um, uh, with an aim to to get have our schools collaborate like at a, at a higher level than you know than I guess most schools in maths do uh, I kind of felt there's a missed opportunity and, and wanted to take lessons I've learned from last year kind of working at scale uh, and other things I've learned from you know working teacher education and, and from you know being a leader in schools uh, to, to try something new with, with the backing of step and obviously the head teachers uh, down here so what we're trying to pull off here wouldn't work without you know, a lot of head teachers having a bit of faith in us to, to do that. So, yeah, so I'm currently head of teaching learning for East Sussex um, and currently got five schools working as one uh, and with the aim of possibly some more joining soon. Nice. And then, Neil, you are deputy head for South London. So you've got your... South East London. <laughs> you've got your whole domain. They wouldn't give me, they wouldn't give me everything. Do you, do you raise taxes in, in that area? Is that, is that, you I would. Same tithes. Right. Pretty much how it works, yeah. 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 But, but I can just walk into any fast. school, any school in South East London, and you know, they, they know me, and it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but you guys get to collaborate on stuff yeah, during the, the week, because you're here, there, and everywhere, Neil, um, yeah. as part of your role. Matt, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, You've made changes, you've alerted to them, to the way your teachers and schools plan collaboratively. Can you describe the system you have in place now? Yeah, I'll try my best. As I said, this will be better in time when I turn into an actual talk. Um, okay, so as, as things were, we have we have five schools in East Sussex, or we had four uh, in Helsham, four different schools in Helsham, uh, three one-form entries and a two-form entry, all of which have outstanding affiliation with the new offset, all doing really well under the new offset. Burford went most recently, uh, had outstanding all the categories, but Q of E. Okay. And they were collaborating in, in a way in that, and in a sense, right? So the, so the planning was put on a shared drive but there's no real formula to it and the curriculum I guess wasn't most specific enough for people to sort of like be you know to use it in the same way in different schools. Another school joined us uh joined the, the trust at Tulscombe Cliffs which is not too far away like 30 minutes down the road but a three-form entry a large three-form entry school joined 
uh, and they've joined, they've just had RI in the new Ofsted, uh, but had loads of potential, right, as, as a school, but, 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 you know, obviously needs some support. And, uh, and I guess, you know, I started talking to Jeremy Meek, who's exec- was executive head, and, uh, and Tim Mills, the executive head to the school of some of those schools down here about maybe thinking about a smarter way of working together. Um, uh, sharing the expertise that we had that we developed in Helsham and the four schools there. Um, wider, really. I mean, it's a challenge, isn't it? But there's lots of challenges in lots of different ways. So Telscombe Cliffs, this three, four inches school, had challenges just because of where it was. Its legacy was its challenge, really. Uh, lots of new teachers, 10 ECTs in the school. Yeah, all being mentored, but 10 ECTs. I mean, that in itself brings benefits with challenges. And then we had the four schools in, Hel- in Helsham, but three of them were one form entry. And that's, and anyone knows, yeah, one form entry is hard, right? Uh, you, you've only got, you've got a, you know, a very small staffing body and you're relying on a, a, on a limited pool of expertise, although we had lots of it. And, and I just, we just started to talk last year about whether it was possible to literally just work as one school. So is there a way of, of working smarter? So and one of the things I've considered uh, is just, there's a lot of talk about, and, and good talk, you know, I'm, I'm chatting to Andrew Purcell about this and a few other people about, yeah, about designing a curriculum. Okay, so so, and there's a lot of great talk about designing really good you know, progression documents and so on and so forth, uh, and specifying what you want and having a really good journey for pupils from from EYFS to year six. But but for me, the challenge with that always was, is is to converting that into lessons. Okay, so you have this amazing progression map for for every subject, but there's a li- but you need time to convert that into really effective lessons, and so if you take like um, the normal PPA session, which is about two hours fifty, give or take, I think. And you say, if you, and if you assume there's like about twenty five hours of teaching a week to deliver uh, across eleven or so subjects, then if you do a little simple maths, that gives a normal in a one form entry school, of which in this five three were one form entry, that gives a class a classroom teacher in year four around six minutes to plan every hour of teaching. That's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> That's a challenge, isn't it? Doesn't matter how smart they are, how skilled they are how much they know about every single subject. If we, if we say the PPA is the time they plan, and if we say that's the time they spend planning preparation, then that gives them around six minutes per hour of teaching. And if they were, you know, and, and most teachers will spend most of that time on maths and English. So you can have these amazing progression maps for RE and geography and history and art and D teams and so on and so forth. But if there isn't the time to think about those lessons and to plan really effective, like, you know, sequences of learning, then it's all kind of for nothing, isn't it, right? And, and I keep coming back to time being this massive currency in schools. And so we can all lots of, like, parade out our, amazing, our, our sort of brilliant curricula, but if we don't allow our teachers the time to think about those lessons and to plan them, then, then, then what we intended to happen, to quote said, doesn't get implemented and then doesn't have the impact it's meant to have, right? And that's that's what, and that's what a great college of education is. It's like a really specific curriculum, which is ambitious but not too ambitious. So uh, that's you know there for all, which is implemented like with fidelity in the classroom, and then uh, with pupils you know doing tasks that look like the, that, that represent what they're meant to learn, and then them remembering and doing work that represents what they're meant to learn. And and what I what we found and what we often found was that that started to fall apart because there just wasn't the time to do it. Uh, and so, you know, I just thought to myself, like, well, what if we got them to work together, right? <laughs> like, so I spent a lot last year, um, for the first time working with secondary schools because, because I was head of the appropriate body. Um, and the ECF, yeah, we, we delivered to everybody. 
uh, special schools, secondary schools. And one thing I picked up last year is that, well, secondary schools are huge and departments planned collaboratively. And that allowed for you know more time to be spent on planning each lesson. So I kind of thought we were maybe missing a trick, right? Like, what if we take these five schools with nine forms of entry and we get them to run off the same curriculum, because it has to be the same curriculum, but plan together. So instead of one teacher in one form planning 25 hours of lessons, you've got nine teachers across a year group plan those 25 hours. And do you know what that gives them? About an hour per lesson. So mathematically, that's just better, isn't it, right? So suddenly these, these really well thought through progression maps, uh, you know, these, that, that you've spent time and care on start to turn into great lessons because smart people are given an hour to think about and plan each one. Obviously that requires like faith in the system, doesn't it? Right? <laughs> that, requires, uh, that requires everybody to, to step up uh, and everyone to spend that time. But it's not surprising that teachers do care about lessons and they do. And so what, and, and we're just talking about the club, there's a planning element now, uh, and there's lots and lots of parts to this, and, and so I'm, I, I apologize for not articulate it very well, uh, and we'll come back to the curriculum in a second, but broadly what happens as far as planning goes is that within a planning group of nine teachers, each term, people, they assign, you know, the different subjects to each other, and each, uh, and we have two on maths, two on English, and then one, uh, one person on two foundation subjects each, uh, and they have uh, about two hours a week in their PPA just plan those two lessons. And then for the other 35 minutes of PPA, they meet online and share the planning. Okay, they talk through the lessons. They write a primer for each of the lessons they've, they've, um, they've, they've put together. And, on, and this, was, this was from them. This came from them, the idea of a primer. Something that I came across last year, but something I, you know, that, that they wanted, which will have any key explanations scripted on there, any key questions and the answers, any key vocabulary, how it's pronounced, that helps the teacher take that really good lesson and deliver it in class. And what you get when you get nine people is you can start to play to strengths then, right? So you can have, you can have the, the teacher who's particularly strong at planning art, planning the art. And the teacher that's particularly strong at planning uh, the history, planning the history. And you may have a new teacher who's not particularly strong, but they can co-plan. You can start to facilitate this. And this sharing of expertise. So if I'm an ECT or a teacher that's, not confident in planning or delivering art and never has been but somebody with a real specialism has planned this sequence of lessons for me and talks me through each one then i suddenly start to become more expert and what this means is hour for hour the kids are just getting a better deal they're getting there's a lot of work gone into the curriculum itself the intended curriculum but what we were seeing it wasn't converting all the time our most recent ofsted uh, was burfield we got good for q of e they were pretty vocal about the, 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 the course of it's being more in the outstanding category. But what we're seeing was, yeah, there's some variation in foundation, which you're going to get when you've got one form entry schools and people with two minutes to plan stuff. And so this, I guess, initially was kind of like just a bit of maths, right? What if we gave people more time? Uh, would, would that benefit them? Would that reduce their workload, but increase the quality of education that people's got? And I, and I came this year, and this is a small part of it, thinking, well, you know, I think it should. And we'll turn in, and it does. And we can talk about the assessments we've got in place to check on that. But I can tell you uh, the feedback from teachers around their, around their work-life balance is, is nothing but positive. They're doing their planning in their PPA session, yet they're getting 25 hours of really strong planning. 
they're getting primers for every lesson on a piece of paper they, they've got in front of them that it, that <laughs> that's helping them make sure that they're delivering exactly what was intended and the, and those lessons that they'd left, been less confident in teaching before are working in classrooms they've just delivered a great art lesson but they've never delivered one before and their confidence increasing their own uh, sort of expertise increasing and so in that sort of you know that video call they have every week and that sounds like well are you taking four minutes their ppa off them so that's, that seems a bit wrong but it's kind of like you know it's it's just it's kind of like the opportunity cost if you do that then you only have to spend two hours playing two lessons right that's the difference between what we're doing and going to a resource that provides all the slides and worksheets for you is that you are not getting the thinking behind why that person mm -hmm. has designed that slide the way they've done it, why they've designed that worksheet the way you get it, which is why, you know, teaching off other people's planning, certainly my experience has always been like really difficult. But what this kind of layer does is ensure that those every teacher understands kind of that hard thinking behind why this works. And so it's, you know, yeah. it works in that regard. And I say that's why we think it's better than, um, you know, it's not just a, oh, everything's on the system for you. You can walk in that day and, you know, download the slide deck and send the worksheets to the printer. It's, it's, it's a, there is a layer above that. Well, I think it's like, it's, it's about increasing the mean, isn't it? Right. So what's the mean quality of your, of your lessons across all your schools? We, yeah. We've got some incredibly strong schools and we could say, well, we'll just stay home and be an incredibly strong school and you catch up when you can, or you could say it's about the 2000 pupils as a whole and giving them the best deal you possibly can, right? And so we've had uh, EIP visits for Telscom, which is probably a really good sort of like barometer. Uh, so that's an education improvement partner, sort of local authority, sort of offset equivalents, I guess. Yeah, th th which is whatever it is. But but it's, they see a lot of schools, so they probably know a little bit about stuff. They, they came visited Telscom, um, well, maybe two, three weeks into the end, before the end term, and were confident um, in the Q of E being outstanding after a term right but that's because it's not telescope they're looking at five schools working together they're looking at the expertise of five schools the expertise of of nine teachers in year six nine teachers in year five more than that in eyfs all working together and sharing expertise. And, and obviously it doesn't mean that like every lesson's blinding right there's still there's still people sort of like yeah there's still lessons that don't quite work but it gives you systems to support with that so in in this ppa meeting every week so we have yeah we have a PPA meeting for every set um, for year for every year group and obviously behind this is all the PPAs synchronized so year six is in the same time in every school five four three two one uh, reception and nursery a teaching and learn leader uh, facilitates each session so we have teaching and learn leaders uh, nominated in every school so um, and they're part of a bigger system which we'll talk about in later but they they sort of like host the session okay they don't have to do anything but host it but also to do, deal with any queries so if there is an issue around the planning of, of, of you know a history lesson in year four then they're able to support with that okay they can support that year four teacher maybe it's a, a new teacher and, and they're, they're an ECT and, and they're not quite sure about something then they'll get some support they can notice that in the session they can notice you know that, that maybe needs a bit of work on that one and they'll then communicate with the TNL lead from their school who will then give them some support does that make sense right so there's this beneath that you're not just saying well every lesson's gonna be perfect but we've got systems to 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 support the planning where it needs to be planning and it's super responsive right who in what school have you got have you got eyes on planning just out of interest it doesn't happen what leaders know what's happening in the plan at the planning stage what we, what we tend to do is look at implementation 
we tend to look at our learning walk once every six or eight weeks, possibly for a subject, at which point they've been taught six or eight lessons that could have been not very good or not very effective. On a weekly basis, we've got eyes on the, on the planning and we can, we can direct support to help people you know, develop their planning in certain areas. It's a, it's a really collaborative, like really sort of like powerful model that, that, that feel, genuinely feels like people you know, happily sharing expertise, but also happily asking for support where they need it, right? And that's kind of one level of it. So I've just talked about the planning so far. No, I mean, you say it's not pre or you know, you don't you need to work on a talk, but last time you did 45 minutes without uh, without taking a breath whenever we did our first interview together. <laughs> and, and it, I mean, it sounds fantastic. I mean, you could do that 20 minutes and, you know, people would be like, okay, yes. I mean, Emma's asking about the logistics. And I think you've gone somewhere to explain the logistics, you know, in terms yeah. of EPS at the same time. Who who has the oversight of this? Is this your role, Matt, within the trust, or have you delegated it to someone else to to make sure this logistically takes place? Yeah, um, I suppose it's probably best to talk about the systems is it beneath it because this is like a really small component of a, like a bigger thing. We have um, sort of three teams, okay, four teams really that, that kind of make this whole thing work. So we have um, a sort of learning design team, okay. So there's a actually let me say, take this back a section. Right, let's go with first of all how how the school set up. Each school's got a head of school. They'll have their deputy assistant heads depending on the size of them, but within that SLT there'll be a nominated teaching and learning lead. Okay, and for one day a week, they'll come and work with me together. Okay, and that's part of the quality of education team. Okay, that's what we call it. Um, and they are, and so there'll be five of those at, at that meeting. They will all run one of those PPA sessions. Also, that quality of education meeting is our head of EYFS, our head of SEND, and, and, and one of our executive head teachers, uh, Jeremy Meek, which, which are bringing that leadership perspective, that EYFS perspective and the scent perspective okay so that's what sits behind this as a probably as a kind of monitoring mechanism um so each week we meet and we get feedback from what's happening in the planning okay so what's happening in planning what we're seeing where there are issues where there are challenges what's strong what's not yeah so on and so forth um and that's fed back in that meeting and that allows us to sort of triage that so we might it might be fed back that in year three they're having some trouble the math isn't working maybe you know the, the, the children find it too hard okay let's have a look at that can can we have a look you know the math team have a look at that can you support the year through the planning of that in that same meeting it's really important it's always really important for me to have all the perspectives so we've got uh, d hughes who's head of eyfs we've got karen karen um i forgot on your surname now hey howard hayward hayward right can hayward who and they're all there listening as well so going okay so so what's you know how's that what's that looking like for our send peoples what's what's that looking like for our EFS peoples and so that's that kind of system that that that's that brings back that intelligence from the planning and now in those planning groups if there are any challenges if say uh, you know uh, uh, yeah i've got some i'm the, pl the plan i'm giving for history isn't kind of working for my kids then you're like the person to contact is your like your is your tnl lead that runs the group so any sort of queries and questions come back uh, through those groups so that we try and then solve. Like the idea is to solve that. Now you might solve it in three ways. So you'll solve it. It could be individual bespoke support. It could be, okay, it's coming out that in year three, the, 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 the ECT is struggling with the planning of science. Okay, so first year, they need some support. Okay, that year, th that teacher's in Telscom, TNL in Telscom, can you give them support? Or can we find someone to work alongside them? That's, that's one level of support. The second level of support might be um, something that might be like across just one school okay so there's some, some challenges around sort of the mass teaching in one school uh, in which case we'll, we'll start talking about what cpd that school can have okay 
that, that will support that school. And finally, like the largest level of support we can give is, is kind of like, okay, we're seeing challenges across the piece with like history. And we found that actually interesting. I'll talk about history. So we found that history was something that people were, it didn't feel like history. Okay. It, it, it was a bit too IVU right? and not enough sort of thinking and inquiry. And, and we, were, we were hearing that from our teachers and from the, you know, from the pupils. And in that case, you go, okay, so what, now it's a, now it's a, a collaborative response. And so we respond to that with, with PD, okay, for all schools, which brings us on to the PD. So as people may or may not know, uh, across STEP, we have uh, two step ahead so uh, CPD sessions a week, on Tuesday and Thursday, just 40 minutes long. We think it's a better model. Like it's shorter, it doesn't take up the rest of your day and you can get something done quite quickly. It actually, actually gives you more room, more sort of, no more time, but it seems like more more sort of sessions to play with. Every Tuesday now is is a, a, a five school CPD session that goes to everybody at the same time. And that deals with moving our curriculum on. So, so, so stuff we're doing our own curriculum or, or, or being responsive to things we're seeing in the classroom. And Thursday is the school's own, their own sort of bespoke CPD. So you can see how those two models work. So, so you might find a school that there's an issue with maths. Maybe, you know, we're not, we're not uh, doing our checking for the standing well enough. That's a Thursday thing. If we're seeing that across all the schools, that's a Tuesday thing. Now, sitting behind the Tuesday PD is an entire another team. So now we've got a teacher education team. So what, you know, I spent a lot of time writing CPD for, for, uh, and hoping it's quite good at it, right? I mean, very lucky to work with Harry Fletcher, we're doing the people on the fellowship and with all the guys on staff. And I'm, hopefully these days I'm pretty good at it and, and understand what makes good PD. So, and Neil will know about this. So every Tuesday um, we deliver CPD to all our schools at the same time. And before it gets to them, this is what happens for it. So let's. Uh, so when we launched our new curric, our financial curriculum, there were some key bits of learning science wanted in every lesson. So let's say, for example, we want to do a bit of CPD on making links in learning. We want to be explicit part of the lesson at the beginning. We want to make sure that it involves the children actually thinking, retrieving, but also explicitly pointing in the right direction. So that piece, piece of CPD, would be four minutes long, was written and scripted by another team called the Learning Design Team. And then on a Tuesday, that QV team we talked about earlier, get that delivered to them. They get delivered the CPD with a workbook and, and yeah, in line with the sort of like EEF guidance on, on fresh development. We assess it against those, those guidelines. And they give feedback to the author from a SEND perspective, from an EYFS perspective, and from year group perspective and school perspectives. That's redrafted by the Thursday and it's scripted, like fully scripted. And then the following Tuesday, so the week later, on the day it's gonna be delivered, the teaching, the teacher education team, which is most of the teaching and leads really, rehearse and deliberately practice that session before going to the schools and delivering it at the same time to all the schools. So we've got this system and that allows us to move this curriculum forward. And that allows us to develop things and be responsive where we need to be. So example would be history. So what came from that is a model history lesson. We wanted to, you know, for whatever reason, history didn't feel very historical. It felt very sort of like, uh, it felt very, very much like you, you were being told stuff all the time uh, and the children weren't thinking hard enough. And if, uh, if there's one thing that's uh, like, there's only, if there's one proxy of like learning, it's like kids thinking hard, as far as I'm concerned, right? If they're thinking hard, there's a good, about like the subject, there's a good chance they're learning. They didn't seem to be thinking hard enough in history. That allowed us to script a model history lesson, deliver it to this QV team who, who gave suggestions to send and, and EYFS and so on and so forth to make it palatable, redraft it and then deliver it over two weeks and two sessions on Tuesday and Tuesday to the schools to reframe how people planned and saw history. What did that lead to? Really good 
history being planned and being taught within weeks of that. So, yeah, there's lots of systems behind it. There's three teams. There's three main teams. The QV team, which is, is there to uh, monitor things and to respond to things and to deal with queries. Then you've got the teacher education team, which is there to deliver the PD. And then you've got the learning design team that are there to write the PD. Obviously, these teams need populating. Then that takes support from schools. So the QV team is people giving their time up as leaders uh, and those teaching and learning leads being given a day a week to come over and work. The morning they spend the QV team, the afternoon they spend in the teacher education team practicing. The learning design team is, 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 is a larger team. Tit and Neil is a big part of that. Uh, and we meet on a Wednesday and, and we're there to make, you know, design curriculum documentation, but also mainly to design the PD. Okay, and that's, that's, you, that's a very different... People in that team are less senior leaders and more really promising teachers in schools that are interested in this sort of thing. They come on a rotating basis, like a day every two or three weeks. We have a, we have a rolling team about five every Wednesday, working on different projects. As a small cost of schools, for what they get in return, I guess, um, everyone feels it's really, really good value. You send someone every couple of weeks and you get your PD written for you, you get your curriculum written for you, you get uh, documentation, you know, documentation like uh, so what we've just recently made. We've just started making... Um, graphic organisers for all of our subjects. We've got rid of knowledge organisers, because I don't think they're very useful. Um, we've moved to graphic organisers, which I think are really useful, and we've trialled them and found them to be incredibly impactful in pupils retaining recalling things. Um, and so that is a rambly thing. I do need slides this in the future, but that's kind of how it works. Behind it, all these systems. Um, for schools and school leaders, they're having to commit their assistant head, normally deputy head, for one day a week to us. That's, that's a cost to them, isn't it? I mean, Tuesdays are pretty difficult in a small school. They are willing to do that because it means in return, their curriculum, their, the, 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 the quality of teaching in the classroom is, is constantly being supported. But it is an expense, right? Um, and it's I was a bit worried it wouldn't work. It just seemed like it is a little bit. <laughs> uh, someone asked, Adam Smith asked, what's the ideal size of Matt? Uh, we're not sure, right, Adam? So um, so we're a large map. We're like 20 schools, I think, right? Large-ish, yeah. I think. Um, and uh, we trial this in across five. I don't think there's a real limit to it. I think you can probably hub it. I think you probably get to. We're at five, nine forms of entry at the moment. That's comfortable. I think you probably go a little bit higher to get even better value on the planning. Um, uh, but uh, I think if you if we were to do it, if we were to do it across a twenty school map, you'd probably hub it like into like yeah, ten forms of entry. I think I imagine there's a sense. The, the size of it becomes unworkable because just too many moving parts uh, and too many people trying to be involved. But at the moment, it's working. Like it's surprisingly working. It's, we've had I said we've had four EIP visits, and all of them have said the same thing about the QV. So like, and more more broadly, they're more interested in the model, aren't they? Because actually, they're going. Hold on, this is how you improve schools. Telscom was you know requires improvement less than eight months ago, and here it is. Everyone's really happy. The kids are getting great lessons. The PD is really good. And this, is a, this doesn't look like the school that was visited eight, months, nine months ago. Yeah, I, I, guess, uh, I guess, I don't know what the limit is. We're not sure. There's we, you know, some conversation within the, the trust at the moment about some other schools maybe looking at, looking at what we're doing in the trust. So it's not a trust-wide model. It's just a thing we're, we're doing. But I, I definitely feel like nine is okay, nine forms of entry. I think you'd probably push it to about 11, maybe. I think there's a point where it probably becomes a bit logistically complicated. But yeah, I mean, Neil and I have talked a little bit about this. Like, where, where do you, how do you, how do you think it works if you make it bigger? I think probably you like you start to hub it at about eleven forms, like pod them off, right? Does that make sense? Nice. I mean, that feeds really nicely into my next question. 
Neil, have you seen any impact of these changes so far? Obviously, because you travel around a lot of the schools in step. Um, what, what have you noticed? You know, obviously, because measurable impact, perhaps not. But, you know, what, what have you seen? Yeah, so kind of like two perspectives I can think I can take on this. One is obviously because, as Matt said, this isn't a Matt-wide thing. So I'm one day a week on Friday. I'm deputy head in a one-form entry step school. And we're... We work together with some schools, but certainly not at the level like this kind of happens. So straight away, being the deputy head of a one from entry school, like I know the pressure points of, you know, what staff are having to do in terms of, you know, as I say, having six minutes to plan every lesson and they're a wonderful staff team. They do really well, but, you know, their life would be far much more easier and they'd be far much more happier if they had far longer to plan fewer lessons. As I said, obviously, there's no kind of impact in terms of, um, uh, you know, national outcomes at all, but um, I'm sure Matt will talk about this later on as well, like in terms of the like assessment side of things, they're kind of like three kind of pillars. One of those pillars is um, people book study. So that's getting kids to come down with their books um, and talk to a city leader. So there'll always be, uh, you know, an, an SEN child in there. There'll always be, uh, you know, a good couple of kids who are uh, pupil premium, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's once every two weeks, Matt, we get our leaders to do that. Um, and so because I've had some training on people books, study, I was able to kind of give a bit of input. And so after that, you um, recorded one of the, um, they're doing it for art. So it's like, you know, if you want a, a, a rough, like a proxy of, you know, our kids actually you know, learning more and remembering more from this kind of model, you know, you take art because unless you're an art specialist, no one does art very well, or certainly in my experience anyway. And they now acknowledge that these kids had about perspective and, you know, why you would choose a H1 over a H2 pencil and, you know, how this kind of you know, links back to some work that they had kind of done like prior to that. That for me was a bit like a watershed moment. It was like, oh God, like, you know, this probably really is, uh, you know, something. Because if you can get it out of the kit, you know, I think talking to kids is the best form of, one of the best, better forms of assessment that you can kind of have because, yeah, um, you know, that's what it's not what it is what Ofsted do. It's not why we do it for Ofsted, but you know the fact that kids can actually sit there, um, and because to say the curriculum is you know it's um, it's well structured and you know leaders just go around with that uh, document and they can kind of like ask those questions. So I see that you've been learning about perspective. You know you start quite open, and because the leaders know specifically what's been taught, you can then kind of you know narrow it down that focus you know should pupils be um you know struggling a little bit because you know asking anyone what do you know about that you know straight away uh, is always going to be a bit daunting so definitely you know i'm seeing some outcomes already and i say i'm using art as that proxy but i'm sure when we do some more pupil book studies after um this half term and there's been a, like a whole term mm. of this done we'll feel more and in terms of what i'm seeing it's just like it's now that the model's there, it's clearly working. Like I can't see myself wanting to work in a school that isn't trying to or not working with a, a similar model. Because I think as a leader, particularly a one form entry school, you know more about your school and what's actually happening in your school from one meeting with the Q&E team than you would do in a whole term of just being a leader. QB team look at three levels, right? That's the idea. So we look at the planning. So first thing we feedback on is what's happened in the planning session. Okay. And then every two weeks we do, uh, we look at the impact of the, of the subject. Okay. Uh, and the implementation. So we've done science, history, art, and RE is just being done at the moment. And so, the, so, so let's say we set up art for, 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 uh, to look at. 
Um, we'll have a sense of what arts are going to planning. So we've already got that sense anyway. We've, we've been hearing that and looking at that over the term. And then the next two weeks, the teaching learners in each school will learning walk to look at the implementation. So learning walk the subject. So that will be across um, at least three year groups, but uh, hopefully more. But yeah, if you're realistic within, a, within the confines of the school, they'll also pupil book study. And each one will do a different year group. So you'll do six, five, four, three, two, one, R, N. And they bring that back to the meeting. Okay, so they, they have their pupil book study of art uh, and they'll walk art in their own school. So when they come back to that meeting in two weeks' time, we've got a snapshot of what pupils know in every year group. So pupil book study of every year group. Because we'll have done all, all of them because there are, you know, there, there's, there's a leader of each PPA session, so they just do one each. Then we'll have a look at generally what it looks like in every school. That gives us unreal levels of data around a subject. How often, you know, how often do we really deep, like basically deep dive in your own subject? And we do it every two weeks. And you're like that, you can snapshot an entire subject. You can deep dive every year group and look at the delivery of a subject in every school into, over to every two weeks. Plus you've got a, an eye on the planning of that subject. And you get this incredible picture of, it, of each subject. If we layer into that, then the ongoing assessment of subjects, you get even more. So sitting behind that is a, a, other progression maps, okay? So I'm going to talk about this because I think it's important. So uh, and the big shout I haven't given so far is to Sarah Constant, who's my uh, assistant head of teaching learning and an, just a genius, right? Like an absolute genius. And I'm really privileged to work with her. I'm privileged to work with everybody I work with and everyone brings their expertise to the table. But this is the person who, who did the work on the curriculum and is helping it work. So one of the things we looked at this year is that if you want to collaborate and work on one curriculum, it's got to be really specific. It's got to specify exactly what they need to learn or else it will look different in every school. Uh, and there can't be any like ambiguity in the learning because then in my experience, that's where it all starts to fall apart. An outstanding quality of education is about the intended curriculum being enacted in class exactly and that being exactly what's remembered. So here's what I want them to learn. And then with no ambiguity, exactly that being taught in class, probably some hinterland stuff, but that stuff being taught and tasks being about that thing, that being what the children remember. And often where it gets fuzzy is, is because the intended curriculum is too vague. And so what they learn in one, one year is not what they learn the following year, because it, it might say, you know, learn about the causes of the Industrial Revolution without specifying them. So that can mean different things to different people, can't it? Depending on what, what, what book you read and what you prioritise. But we, we, we try to remove that. And Sarah spent an unreal amount of time working with the subject teams. And behind this, each school has a, a lead for each subject. We've worked together as a collaborative team for the, for the subjects. Um, but to, to be more specific in our progression maps, so each lesson has an overriding question. And you'll see here, there's one, two, three, four piece of knowledge that piece of knowledge, four things you want to know. That's really specific, isn't it? That tells you exactly what you want to teach. And then here's probably the big shift this year in how we taught this and probably why the children remembering it all, is that the way this is taught is one step at a time. So normally in a lesson, in a, and I don't know why we do this in foundation, not another, we don't do it in maths. In maths, we teach something and then once they're secure, we move on and we teach the next thing. But often in foundation lessons, we just have this massive, I session where we tell them about all these things then they go and do a, a, some talking about just a few of them they do a task about maybe one of them and not surprisingly don't remember them all so we thought what if we just teach one at a time and have a really good chat with uh 
Andrew Percival about this. He's he's, he's definitely he's well, thinking the same realms really and doing exactly the same sort of brilliant work at his school at Stanley Road. Like, why are we treating this subject differently to others? These subjects differently to the core subjects. We know good learning science. We know teaching small steps is important. So teach everything in small steps. And so we designed our curriculum to be taught in small steps. So in their history lesson, which would be an hour and a half, they'll first learn that Sumerians are polytheistic. And they'll be taught that, and they'll do some you know, discussion around that, maybe do a task on that. And then there'll be a hinge question to check they all know it. And if they all know it, the teacher will move on. And they'll explore the temples of worship that are called ziggurats. And they might be some looking at artefacts. There might be some inquiry about those artefacts. There might be some discussion. There may or may not be a task. And this might take five minutes. The, the, the thing before might have taken 20 minutes. And then we'll check with the hinge questions if they all get it. And if they all get it, we move on. And so what this means for the pupils in the lessons is that they are moving, only moving on and secure. And that they're having to deal with less at any one time. They're not getting this like deluge of information in one big lump at the start of a lesson. They have to hold that in their working memory whilst they perform some task about parts of it. And then not, not really be sure what to remember afterwards, uh, you know, what they're meant to remember later on. This means that lessons just over a lesson, you might spend 20 minutes teaching this the first bit, five minutes on the second bit, 20 minutes on the next bit, five minutes on the next bit, and 30 on the last bit. But over that period, you don't move on to the next bit of information until you're sure they're secure. And that's been like a revelation because that makes these documents a working document. For the teachers, it's really clear what needs to be taught. It's really clear what they need to secure in that lesson. It's also really clear what we need to retrieve in the future. So at the beginning of every lesson, like most schools, we'll have a retrieval quiz. And that the lesson after this will have some of these uh, bits of knowledge in that retrieval quiz, of course. Equally, when uh, we come to assess them, it's like when we have like a big quiz at the end of each unit, we'll go back and we'll pick a couple of sample pieces of knowledge from each lesson in that unit, probably front-loading a few more from the first couple of lessons. And so then you get a really nice picture of what's being learned. So then suddenly the pupils, it's really clear to them, the pupils, they've told us this in the book studies, they like being taught the way it would be. It's really weird they told us that, actually. They like being taught in small bits because they know what they need to know and they find it easier to remember. So in a lesson, what our lessons look like are like five mini lessons and it's so much better for pupils. Why, why are we not taking the learning science that we know works for other subjects and not applying it to these subjects like it's something different? Just teach little bits, right? And secure them before you move on. And so sitting behind all of us, so each of our subjects has a progression map that looks like this. Every single lesson or episode, because they may not be lessons, is specified. And at the end of each unit, we wanted pupils to be, to, to, pupils to be able to make links between the units. Now, I think the problem with that is, and I think I'll learn uh, with how for the truth, is make things easier for people. So you can tell people it's really important to make links between learning but unless you help the teachers do that that's, that's not useful so we did we just told them what the links were so you can see here subject links we just wrote them made it really clear and because all the progression maps look the same then you can find your way around them so as a teacher you say okay we're going to learn we're going to about to start to learn about um the changes changes settling civilizations brought about do you remember in in the first term when we still looked at the transition from nomadic nomadic hunter-gatherers to civilizations well we're going to start looking at what that started to look like and then also there's cross-curricular links right now they're not forced and lots of them are empty but 
it's really important then that you help pupils not just link between the subject they're teaching, like forwards and backwards of what they've le- what they've learned before and what's coming, but also if they exist, where there are links across the, the, across those other subjects. So all of this kind of sits here. So when you then come to books to do the pupil, the leaders sit there with the progression map and just tell we'll just sit there and say to them, okay, can you tell them, what would you remember about the, the religious practice of the Sumerians? And the children will just te- they'll start telling them this stuff. But obviously they'll go deeper because it's not, you know, they'll, they'll, and hopefully they'll they'll talk, they'll link all these ideas together and they've shown us that they can. But then you've got this beautiful sort of like alignment between in you know intent implementation and the main thing impact we want them to learn this we taught them exactly this we checked they understood this and now they remember this and and what we're seeing and what's what's probably the most heartening is that this is working for pupils currently with SEMD it's working for people for PPG it wasn't working for them before we know from our own looking at our own subjects being taught that some of our Foundation subjects were not working for those groups of pupils. It was too much for them. Break it down to small pieces, it's much better. And so sitting behind, I guess, all of this work is a fully redesigned curriculum. They're all designed the same way. There's a lot more talk about when it comes to the curriculum, but for now, that broadly gives you an idea what sits behind this. So in those Q of E meetings, when we're looking at the implementation, we're, we're walking with the progression map and seeing what the kids are being taught. And when we're, when, we're, when we're looking at the impact, we're talking to children with the progression map and, and, and assessing that, you know, that they know we, we want to, they've learned what we want them to learn. On top of that, we lay in some sort of um, quantitative data from their big quizzes. And we're starting to see this, get this picture of kids learning exactly what we want them to learn, and not just some kids, all kids. And where they're not, we respond. Where they're not, we give support to that planning group or we give broader direction to the, all the schools. Where things aren't working, we work on them. Not, and, and what's been interesting, not everything's kind of worked, right? But lots weirdly has. And where it isn't working, we just fix it. Where it isn't working, we just respond and fix it. I, I guess I wanted to talk about the curriculum. The curriculum's a whole other top conversation. And, and, and actually, there's a year's worth of work gone into that. It's an incredible piece of work led by Sarah Constant. She's a stupidly smart girl. Uh, working to make this more digestible and useful. But it's paying off because because it allows us to teach, to lean into the science we know works, right? Teach small pieces of information at a time. Use retrieval to increase retrieval strength. Use making links to increase storage strength, which will deepen our understanding. Check for, you know, use hinge questions to check they know stuff before you move on. Check for understanding before you move on. All those things we know kind of work, right? But yet we were applying them to some subjects and others. And then in our most recent Ofsted, like, as I said, that was kind of the opinion. There's some great lessons going on, but everyone's accessing. And they weren't wrong. We already knew that. We we're already working on it. Just maybe, you know, just within a few more months. This, though, is working. And I would say there's definite parallels at Stanley Rogues. I sort of remember going to see the, I don't know her name now, the girl who does geography there. And, and, and I've chatted to, to um, uh, Andrew quite a lot since. Right? We've had some really good chats about this. We're both seeing the same impact of this approach. Like, it works for everything. It works for PE, works for art, works for RE. There's some adaptation to how you check for understanding. So in, in, in PE, you check for understanding by watching them because there's a lot of like, procedural stuff going on. So it may not be you do a hinge question that is like, which of these is the correct definition, whatever it might be. But you might just watch them hold a hockey stick with the correct grip. But it's the same thing. Just do that, then move on. Do that, then move on. I, saw, I knew this would fly on a tangent here, so apologies. But there's so much to talk about because all of this, the whole everything we're doing rests on a shared curriculum. Like it sits upon like 
a share curriculum and that curriculum itself has to work, has to stand up, has to be smart and, and accessible. Probably should have started by talking about that, but I think maybe we're ending with talking about the curriculum itself. If anyone's interested in it, we're happy. We're going to we're going to post it on the website soon. Uh, we're not precious about it. We've done it for every single subject. So every single subject is thought through to that granular detail. If I could give you one tip out of this, it, at a school level, like be really specific about what you teach children and, and then let them just learn a bit at a time. It makes a massive difference, right? Um, anyway, I reckon I'm coming to the end now and I've probably talked a lot and gone all over the place. This, this very much needs like <laughs> uh, some slides and some thinking through, but hopefully it's been interesting, right? Yeah, it's, you know, it's been wonderful. And I mean, Adam's asking about accountability. As far as it goes, you know, we've got executive heads of the schools. Um, the accountability for what happens in the school is the teaching and learning team, I guess. But they're working as part of a whole. It's about like being willing to hand some of that over, right? Um, so I'm ultimately accountable for quality of education. Like, so that's, that's my job. That's my time. I'm quite happy it's going all right. Uh, as far as the school's grades go, the heads are about implementing it. It's, it's, it's on the heads, isn't it, right? But so we've got to make sure we don't let them down. And they have a choice to, to not collaborate. Uh, but for them, it's working. So, if, you know, Who's accountable for their school's outcomes? The head teachers and, and their SLTs. This, this collaborative work, way of working is, is showing, is, 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 make, is, I guess, allowing them to, you know, to feel secure they're doing the right thing for their pupils, right? Right? Um, we've had, we've, I can't do, we haven't had an offstage yet with this group we have had four erp visits five erp visits all saying the same thing so you know we've had lots of people starting to pay attention to it a lot of local authority interest um uh we haven't even got into like foundation assessment yet and all the other things we've got going on but the point being um the accountability to the schools i guess my name's over a lot of it so i guess i lose my job if it goes wrong but you know and uh, make it work in your school is up to you but generally that means freeing your teaching only for a day a week and uh and maybe offering you know supporting a couple of teachers joining us as a learning design team um it's a small cost i think for like really high quality pd and a really strong curriculum that's constantly being re re refined and then and, and really good you know really powerful planning yeah I think that, we're not afraid to get rid of some units if they don't work if the teachers oh yeah, are telling so, us this isn't so we've heard, we've heard like there's a year two unit we're not that's not going too well and so that's so we've already started rewrite well neil's already started writing neil's in this one neil started writing the units going to replace it so this is what the sort of thing you can do. Okay, so we don't think Victorians and Year Two is working as well as we wanted to. So okay, we're going to do Castles, and Neil's already started writing that. That's ready for next year. Yeah, the plan will be, and a lot of this stuff is where there's choice, and don't forget there is choice. And I suppose one thing you're giving up is choice. It way you, know, you can choose your instant civilization is is to design parallel units. That's what we'll do. But for now, there are some there are some costs to doing this, and that is having a little less choice. But I guess uh, it's just it, like everything; it's not weighing it up in it, right? I, okay, and, and of course you can visit Emma. Yeah, yeah. We've, we're, we're, yeah. Everyone used to visit for the maths, didn't they? Like the maths model is a big thing. Um, I, I think you know I, I quite enjoyed breaking the school time table to make the maths work. I've enjoyed even more breaking like <laughs> the the math model to make yeah. maths work, right? <laughs> uh, but I couldn't do any of this without the team. I work with loads of amazing people, uh, and also that the leaders that back me. So Tim Mills, uh, Jeremy Meek, and all the heads that allow us and have faith in us to do this. Let me mm -hmm. and Neil be tinkering around every week. Writing PD That's the leap of faith, isn't it? That makes or breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it feels like they've made a good bet so far. Like the, yeah. the, what's coming out of, if you measure it by what the pupils know, then it's working. 
Like it's it's, it's absolutely working. It, it's you know from from our sort of our two weekly deep dives, it's worked in art, it's worked in science, it's worked in history, and it's now it looks like it's working in RE as well. It's working, right? From the IP visits, it's working. From the foundation assessments, the big quizzes, it's working. Like it's working, I think. Like so, it's probably a leap of faith. I, you know, I went into it with a plan. There was a plan to get, yeah, a lot of which I came from last year. My time working across East Sussex, learning from maybe like you know people, ambition, our partners, how to work at scale and how to get fidelity to the things you want to do. Um, so you know, uh, it's, it's all kind of come from where I've been really, and, and also being lucky enough to work with Sarah Constant, Neil Almond, and all the other people. I get Tim, I'm going to shout out Tim Lodge, uh, Sam, Sam Thomas, Joe Ford, and all these other brilliant people. Put those quick smart people in a room, like good stuff happens. I get to do that every week. Like, no wonder it like gets improved. It's not me. I just sit there. You know, <laughs> me knows it's not me. I spend my whole time just like fapping around, you know, not being able yeah. to make, operate technology. I teach you how to control C and control V. <laughs> I learned this last week. All, All the shortcuts. Anyway, I hope that was really interesting. No, I'll do been... a talk on it soon. Uh, and Neil and I will do some, we'll put some together and make some more sense. Yeah. But um, I hope it's a decent ramble. And, yeah. and well done with today. It's really great. I've enjoyed it. I'll stay on. I won't stay on, but I'll. Cheers, Matt. Um, I mean, I mean, very few people think more deeply about education than you guys do, and I, I love hearing what you're what you're thinking about. And even though it's the second time I've heard you talk about this particular model, I'm thinking, going, "Oh my goodness, I need to do another R with you." So hopefully, we'll get that. Um, yeah, we'll do a proper future. Problem, well, I'll have some slides or something, right? <laughs> Thank you very much for time, guys, um, and I'll no see problem. you Happy later on. Year,